In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen, Sheila, the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo, Wolf, and coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings zach berman zach how are you probably how mike grove felt when he was going to that first press conference and all the questions <laughs> were about how great a coordinator frank Reich was. Um, that is as buttering up as you could possibly get no i i look forward to talking about the eagles too but uh <laughs> okay this is the wrong podcast for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> hello everybody as the host of the show likes to say thank you for joining us for this week's edition of birds with friends i'm zach berman here with bo wolf and Shio Kapadia, and this is a special Birds with Friends episode, not because I am hosting, but because it is Bo Wolf's birthday. So before we ask Shio how he's doing, let's say happy birthday to Bo Wolf. Oh, thank you very much, Zach. I, you guys asked me if we wanted to record on my birthday, knowing the history of uh, birthday uncle in Birds with Friends. I could, there's, I, I had to demand that we did record on my birthday. I have to prove that I work. That is correct. Last well, that's year nice. you, did, you did the running diary. Of practice. That's right. Well, I was wondering. I was wondering why you knew it was my birthday so many days ago, Zach. Actually, uh, sh- uh, should I answer that question? Do you have like a Do you have like a running calendar? <laughs> no, I <laughs> I uh, accepted the athletic job uh, on this day last year. On June uh, really? Yes. I forgot so, that. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I I knew uh, June eleventh. I have that marked down, and I associated your birthday with it. That's very funny. I actually do. Ha- I have a running, uh, running list. You know, just like a things to do list. It's on. It's very old school. I mean, it's on a Google Doc. I literally have the date and then what I need to do that day. And so this week, I knew Bo had a June birthday. I didn't know when it was, so I had like Bo's birthday question mark. And then mm. uh, and then Zach came in over the top and gave me the exact day. So I didn't need <laughs> to do any further sleuthing to find out when Bo's actual birthday was. So, yeah, there we go. We got a lot going on. We got Zberm uh, guest hosting. We have Bo's birthday. We have a new producer, which, you know, I'm sure, Zach, you were you were going to mention there. So I don't want to steal your uh, thunder. But, yeah, very eventful day for Birds with Friends. I agree. Uh, and 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 we should mention we should mention Marissa. Thank you. Uh, to to Kent for producing the show as 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 long as he did and as as well as he did and we're excited to add 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 Marissa to the group. Uh, 
Shield, I I feel like I'm required to ask you how you're doing, even yeah, though uh, uh, yeah, I, I know that's more of a Bo Wolf gimmick. Yeah, we know nobody cares, and uh, nor do I, so let's move on. <laughs> and Zach, how are the markets? <laughs> uh, today or in general? In general. <laughs> uh, in in general, they've 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 had obviously a a good few weeks. They're down today, but I I don't think people are listening to us uh, for for that information. How did I get in, into the position where I'm hosting this? Bo, was there? Yeah, don't is, let me. Take is it control. because it's your birthday? You didn't want to. Uh, she and I got the test the text yesterday asking if one of us wanted to host. Uh, that's a good question. I, I, you know that I get like very dramatic about uh, when I'm working on a longer story and like very siloed in my thinking. So I'm working on a longer story, uh, a longer package, and I just, I, I felt, I felt like I needed to offload the the host, which is very silly because it's not like you haven't been you 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 pounded out a, a double banger, two stories in one day the other day. Well, yeah. I thought, I thought I'm you sorry, could add it there. Yeah, no, I thought you could have ended there with, you know how I'm very dramatic. I, I didn't know there was going to be anything after that. <laughs> um, Shiel has had a, uh, a few of the uh, nerd guides up. Uh, we will get to what's going on in the NFL in a moment, but I'm, I'm curious, Shiel, uh, what teams have jumped out at you after, after uh, writing those pieces? Well, it's tough. You know, I feel like there's a top tier of teams, you know, the probably the Chiefs, the Ravens. Uh, you know, if you want to throw the Saints in there, I guess you could. If you want to throw the 49ers in there, you could. You might even bump them down. But then I feel like there's this next tier of teams where, you know, the fan bases can really talk themselves into these teams being Super Bowl contenders or things could really go sideways for them. So uh, that's been one of sort of the, the learning things going through this. And then, you know, I did the Patriots uh, nerd guide. And man, it's just a bad roster. It's a bad team. Like if they, if they had a replacement level coach for that team, you're thinking this is a, a team that's definitely going to get like a top seven, eight, ten uh, pick next season. And so we'll get a chance to see what Bill Belichick is able to uh, is able to do with them. So uh, I guess those are some of the things that have stood out, and then just some of the things we've talked about with the Eagles, specifically, um, you know, with playing with all these defensive backs who they signed this offseason and going to play more man coverage. This is a trend like you're seeing everywhere. You know, the Ravens, the Patriots, uh, you know, they, they played, uh, they were never going to be in their base defense if they thought there was a chance that the opponent was passing. I think the Ravens faced like 20 pass attempts all season when they were in their base defense. And you're seeing, you know, teams like the Packers played a lot of dime. And so this is something that's going on league wide. You know, it's sort of been a, a trope, I guess, every year to be like, oh, you know, it's a it's a nickel league. You know, no one plays base defense anymore. And I think usually the split that people would quote was like, all right, you're in your base for like 30 percent of the snaps. Now that almost feels like it's on the higher end of things where, you know, it's really getting lower and lower and lower. And, and so it seems like the Eagles are fitting into that a little bit more or at least plan to fit into that a little bit more going into 2020. Here you go. So let's uh, get right into this. We uh, are going to discuss the NFL's plans to return. We're going to discuss what's going on with the Eagles. We have some questions left over uh, that we somehow did not get to in last week's two and a half hour episode. Uh, we should say thank you truly for <laughs> donating, for listening, for submitting questions. And uh, as 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 we promised, we 
match the episode's length times two or the, uh, in in donations. Is that accurate? We did. Okay. I, I don't want to speak for everyone else. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was saying we, and then I, I was like, I got to be careful here. Um, and, uh, and then also, if you tune in until the end, we have uh, some special things planned for Bo's birthday. Oh. So, uh, make sure... Make sure you guys stick around. Uh, I was thinking about throwing you guys a two can you for like two can you name my lowest rated uh, story at the athletic, but no, nope, sorry, just gonna something. be all birthday themed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me get the the name of the segment correct, Bo. Mm. And I, I know Shields rolling his eyes when I say this. Is this considered a bird on the street, even if it doesn't necessarily? If it's not just the Eagles, it's the whole NFL? Is it still bird on the street? Yeah, I think you can still call it a bird on the street. Okay. Uh, So the NFL released its most comprehensive details yet about how this is going to look when they return from the virtual offseason. So when they get together in person in in July for training camp. Uh, this, This might be inside baseball to some, but I, I do think it's relevant, A, because this is the workplace with which they're going to need to navigate the season, every team. Uh, and also, I, I, I think we are uh, kind of uniquely qualified to discuss this, in part because uh, Bo has the perspective of, of someone who's, who's, who's worked in an NFL facility uh, at, you know, every day, and, and, and so you can kind of lend insight in, into how the facility can handle this. Mm. Uh, and there are a lot of different things in this memo. The one that really jumped out I, and, and that got most attention is that in the locker room, they need to stay uh, six feet apart when possible. So, so lockers, players, uh, there's a lot of curiosity about how this is going to be done during training camp with a 90-man roster and also road games. Uh, what what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think and, about like and, I think about like the Packers. Done? I think about like the Packers road state, like the road locker room, or uh, you know some of those other or, old or, stadiums, or Washington, yeah. Yeah, Washington's. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean that that's going to be almost impossible to to do. Uh, I feel like they're going to have to to let up, or I mean people are going to be changing in like broom closets or something like that. Um, I actually before we get to that, I'm curious like when this memo came out. Did you was this like a drop everything? I gotta read through this right now. I, I feel like this was one of the more exciting parts of your past week. <laughs> uh, it was a drop everything. I need to read through this right now. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know if I would call it exciting. You know, it's it's uh, but yeah, I I was I was very curious. It's it's something that that has has literally consumed a lot of my attention during the past few months. How this is going to look. Um, how we're going to be covering it. So yeah, when this came out on Monday, I was I was very curious and and read it with great attention. You were as now, excited my, my, as I was when the when the list of people who signed the petition for qualified immunity came out, and I got to find Kenyon Barner and Fanuki Tapu in there. Yeah, that that sounds like an apt comparison. You know, <laughs> uh, for, for, 
for me, uh, you know, the, my situation with uh, reading up on this was more about like two hours ago when I thought, well, we're t- recording a birds with friends. I, <laughs> right. I know Lindsay Jones of The Athletic wrote a nice summary of this. She actually, uh, you know, posted in Slack and said, I read this whole thing so you guys don't have to. And I wrote <laughs> about it. So that thanks to her, I was able to read this summary. Now, she writes in here, you know, teams have been told that, quote, where possible, unquote, locker room should be configured to provide six feet of space between stalls. So uh, it seems like a pretty easy out for uh, teams to not do that. But right. it, I, I mean, I don't know how this is going to work. So this was from the, the league, right, Zach? Now, the players, yes. this isn't like, the, it's, it's not like these are the rules. This is what they're doing. This is sort of a draft of a comprehensive draft of here's what our plans are for everybody, you know, the players returning and training camp. But like the Players Association, Association has to uh, agree to this. And there certainly could be tweaks between now and whenever that happens. And the other thing is, you know, I've said uh, for like weeks now, you know, I'm sure you guys get asked the question a bunch. I've gotten asked the question a bunch. Well, you know, are they going to be back? When are they going to be back? What's it going to look like? And one of the things I've always said is that, you know, the one thing they have going for them is that they're not the guinea pigs and that, you know, there's going to be other leagues coming back. And while that's still true, it's like, it's shrunken quite a bit. You know, the NBA is going to come back July 31st. And that's pretty much when teams are, you know, maybe going to training camp baseball. I don't know if, you know, you guys have any uh, insight into that. I've just, you know, been looking at it sort of peripherally and noticing it's a complete mess and that there's no plan in place yet there. And then there's the NHL. So while some sports have already returned, it's not like, it's not kind of the head start that I thought leagues would have on the NFL where the NFL would get to look at them and say, okay, this is working, this isn't working, we'll, we'll work it out, we've got time. Uh, time is not going to be on their side as much as I initially thought. And yes, the that's actually the, a good the, point because... The, uh, go ahead. Uh, because I, I guess we'll see what happens with baseball, but what's happening in the NBA, you can't really compare to the NFL because the NBA, right. they're essentially locked down in one place you can't go in, can't go out. Um, the NFL is is interesting in the, in that these guys are going back home. They're 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 living their lives, and then there's a lot of uh, vigilance done about the facility itself. And, and we'll get to all those details. But uh, I'm I'm very curious how that's how how that's going to play a role in this whatsoever. And, I mean, just even if there is a small head start, like the calculations are so much different in football. You know, the the rosters are so much bigger, which also means uh, the coaching staffs are so much bigger. There's, you know, physical contact on every play uh, across the field. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's a much different calculation. That said, everybody in the country seems to be just proceeding as if uh, you know this whole thing is over, despite the fact that uh, the numbers haven't changed. So maybe uh, you know maybe the cognitive dissonance will uh, will just carry everybody through. Yeah, yeah, there really are so many people. I mean, to anyone who's ever been to like a training camp practice, uh, whether it was back in the day at Lehigh 
or at the Novacare complex. I mean, there's just, there's so many uh, personnel there with the team, you know, whether it's the 90 players though, I don't know what, what's an average coaching staff over 20, you know, 20, 25 people, right. Then you have the training staff, which is like so important, especially, right. you know, these guys who knows what kind of shape, I mean, you think that a lot of guys will come in in shape, but certainly not all of them. And so that's going to be really important. Your sports science staff, your training staff, your medical staff, it's going to be high. It's still going to be hot out there. You're not getting a break from that hydration, all these different types of things. Like there's only so many places where you can cut corners and still make sure that you have the player safety uh, at top of mind. And then, you know, we're, we're seeing already, right. What Alabama football, right. Didn't like a, a handful of their players have, uh, gotten it. Am I right? Right about that. I think yeah. That they worked out on their own yeah. it, all together. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. And we're seeing, you know, we're seeing Eagles players work out uh, together before this. So there's just so much unknown about how this is really going to play out. So to that, uh, I, I have Lindsey Jones's story in, in front of me, testing small groups and virtual isolation, NFL sets, return to work protocols. And which you can, of course, read on The Athletic. And if you don't yet subscribe, you can do so at theathletic.com slash birdswithfriends for 40% off. Well said. Uh, all, all players and staff are, are going to be screened uh, for, for antibodies before. There's, 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 there's going to be testing. Players will have temperatures taken uh, for, for fever each day when they get to the facility. And they're going to wear masks wherever they are indoors. Uh, and and there's a lot to that. So so when they're not playing, they they, they need to wear masks. I, I I think in the weight room, they're they're allowed not to wear masks if if it inhibits their uh, you know their physical act, act, activity. But uh, they're very careful there. And there's restrictions in in, in, in terms of meetings. They want much done uh, virtually. Um, but that part of it is 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 pretty interesting too because like the 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 day-to-day schedule that every coach is used to every player who's played in the nfl is used to i think that's going to change here uh because of 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 these modifications well and that that reminds me of uh sorry the the, you know the thing that, that we were talking about before the draft like every other business in the country um, is having to make modifications to the way they do things. The NFL shouldn't be uh, accepted from that. They can figure out how to, uh, you know, change their schedule around to maximize the time guys are in the building and then still be productive when they go home and try to work from home. Yeah. I mean, it really feels like the reason that, you know, you need to be there for the on the field stuff, you know, I, I, well, I shouldn't say you need to be there. You don't need to be there for anything, but uh, if we're looking at the different aspects of training camp and coaching, I mean, obviously on an, in a normal year is the camaraderie part of it is the, you know, you're all sorted together for long days and you hope you build relationships and all. Yeah, that's all part of it, but like, this is different. And so the part that you can't do on your own is the on the field for whatever 90 minutes a day where you're actually practicing, you're getting reps, you have quarterbacks throwing to receivers, you have offensive linemen working together, you have defensive backs communicating. Other than that, I mean, it really feels like a lot of it could still be done remotely or couldn't couldn't a lot of this be done outside? Like, you know, couldn't they like sort of you know, move the weight. I don't know. I don't know if you could move the whole weight room or whatever, but uh, couldn't you set up stuff outside like in tents or whatever? And cause that just seems to be such a big part of this, you know, it seems like the responsible 
people who are, you know, kind of taking the next steps right now are, okay, let's, you know, if you're, if you're outside, if it's open air, if you're not really close to one another, those are the precautions you can, you can take by still um, sort of moving forward and, you know, doing some more normal activities. Uh, I don't know. I know the Seahawks, their uh, weight room had like these huge, I don't know if they're doors or windows, but it was basically like an open air weight room. So that would seem like it's a, it's a nice thing to have. And I don't know if it's possible to uh, move some of that stuff outside. The part of this, though, that I, I don't quite understand is is that uh, football is is not a sport where one can be socially distanced, right? Like, they can do all these restrictions in terms of how they are in the, in the locker room, how they are in the weight room, how they are in the meeting room. But for the 90 minutes, two hours, however long they're, they're, they're practicing, you still have, like, Jason Kelsey up on a defensive tackle, Holding, breathing, touching, all all of those, and and, and I want and so holding, I, breathing, I, touching as a as a drop. <laughs> uh, so like I I don't see how 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 that part of it uh, can change, and I I think that that there's just there's uh, there's that that risk that's going to be inherent uh, when you take the field. Well, I mean, it's like it's like everything else uh, going on. Like we still don't have enough information about. Um, how the disease spreads. So uh, it seems like that's a that's a bad thing, but maybe uh, maybe because they're outside, it's it's not quite so bad. I don't know. I mean, uh, we we don't know enough to to uh, have the right plans in place, but you know they're going to forge ahead anyway. Yeah, I mean, you are right. It's tough to say definitively with anything. If you sort of look at you know what we thought, even if you listen to smart people uh, over the last several months, like it has changed a lot. But I mean, Zach is is right to the degree that all right, inside you're wearing ma- everyone's wearing masks, which you know I don't know. We'll see if they're uh, disciplined and actually doing that. But like, what's the it's point? It's very of un. A mask? It's very unfootball guy. Can you it imagine is. like Jim yeah. Washburn trying to wear a mask uh, <laughs> while he's while he's yelling? at uh, at defensive linemen but but if you're inside you know if you're doing that all right when we're inside everyone's wearing a mask and then any offensive and defensive line interaction yeah you're like i mean you're face to face there's saliva coming out you're breathing heavily you're tired it, it like totally defeats the purpose of that now I, again i guess you would be outside for that i don't think that part makes a difference though if you're uh, right. transmitting the, the the saliva and whatever else so uh who knows anyway so so she'll mention before how many people are involved in the operation in football you know whether it's it's players coaches trainers uh support staff and and, and so the nfl literally is establishing tiers uh for for a uh, personnel so so tier one is going to be social media social media directors (laughs) they are pretty far down here i I believe tier three but uh tier one is players coaches and employees whose jobs require direct contact with with the players uh then tier two is essential staff members who need access to the restricted areas so that's the front office staff hallie roseman the video staff um but they're not necessarily working directly with the players uh, tier three is employees, stadium, event staff members, and they will not really have access to players, from what I understand. Uh, there's considered restricted areas, which are locker rooms, practice fields, stadium fields, and sidelines, training rooms, dining areas, player lounges, and the weight room. 
Uh, so as as she was saying, as 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 we were saying, a lot of people come through all these different areas. Uh, just if if you're standing in the locker room on a given day, you can have people from five or six different departments come through, and it's it, it seems that's going to be a major change. Well, and I mean, I know that this is this is the thing that uh, you're worried about, and I think our listeners would would you know want to know this, like. We're included in that as the media, and uh, you know my expectation is we are we are not going to be face to face with any players at any point this season. Yeah, so I I didn't bring up the media part of it because um, <laughs> even though I I care about that, I I recognize that in the scope I mean, of the NFL returning to operations. Oh, of course, it doesn't. Maybe uh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but I think our listeners are a little bit curious, right? Yeah, I would but, agree and, with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, but I still think that is is to be determined uh, in in terms of how it's going to be done. But I I unfortunately tend to uh, think what you said uh, might be closer to the truth than what I hope. You know, yeah, I'd like, you know, I want to be in that locker room, holding, breathing, touching, <laughs> a uh, nice and clo- enclosed space with uh, yeah. sixty other people <laughs> plus, plus other media. <laughs> that, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, I I got a text. Uh, which tier are we? And mm. I responded, I don't think we're any of those tiers. <laughs> what about if they just did media tiers? Like, all right, mm. here are all the reporters who cover the team. Uh, let's say tiers one through four. What tiers do you think you guys would be in? Mm, well, I think if you, I think <laughs> uh, probably Zach and I combined have to be in a tier that equals Tim McManus. Yeah, I mean, well, that goes with it. That goes without saying. But yeah. yeah, I didn't know if you had any more specifics. It depends on the team. If if it's the Ravens, Shields in Team One. Oh, yeah, Shields, Shields Tier One. Yeah, yeah. Like like the actual Tier One, not the media Tier One, but the players, coaches, employees Tier One. Right. Shields on the sideline. Well, since mask, since since you mentioned the Ravens, uh, you know, top performers in business and sports oh. often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everyone has the time to do it all. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you make mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code birds at checkout that's drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code birds for 25% off your first order drinkhydrant.com and enter promo code birds gotta be wondering whether you're gonna be hydrating tomorrow morning shield yeah match, ex- match of the century I gotta see if I can win a game off you yeah, yeah. we're gonna do a little socially distanced tennis tomorrow I'm excited oh, about nice. it yeah. that should be fun I'm sure the Who's listeners want to put some put Bo, some Bo smoked that me boy. the one time. No, I'm not putting any late you. I'll put you got to give me big odds on that bad boy. Well, the listeners, I wonder. I think that we should, we should give the listeners a chance to uh, to put their late late down. 
we've played once and you crushed me and no one would should bet on mm. me unless they feel i don't know though it's your birthday uh, you know i don't know what you got planned tonight are mm, you gonna yeah, you, you might be going in going into that match and eating some hydrant yeah, we're playing could, early in the morning could be playing a banged up bow wolf yeah that's right yeah i might i gotta i should go out uh go out on the street practice some drop shots here i mean uh, i've done absolutely pod. like uh, <laughs> almost no physical activity for the past three months so you so. you've been walking you're walking around the city not really right no oh, I <laughs> very you were. very okay. barely all right uh, well right. get ready What's for a game? lot of drop shots what's my game uh my game is a uh, uh, big serve that's very inconsistent but uh, can get the second serve in uh f- solid solid forehand uh chop shot backhand when you slice backhand and uh and good volleys it's not very good but yeah both both got a big serve he broke that bad boy out uh, last time, my game is quite the opposite. My my game is how long can I keep this point going, hoping <laughs> that the other player mm. will uh, will miss, and that that doesn't you know. Bo 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 goes for it, so if he's hitting some winners, uh, that that could be a long day for me. Speaking for of sure. uh, speaking of sports Indians, have you watched the um, the Netflix documentary on the spelling bee? I have not. Mm. Should I? I watched it. We watched it the other night. It was it was fun. I, w- I wanted good. more of my girl uh, Shruthika, but uh, but it was still pretty good. I would mean I was. It's I'm an easy mark, but I was I was crying at the end. Really? <laughs> wow, crying at the end. I'm an easy. Okay. I'm an easy. I'm an easy crier. All right. Well, um, well, yeah, we'll have to watch that tonight. I thought you were going to say, did I read the op-ed from Bears safety coach Sean Desai? Sean Desai on, on the. On the athletic, yeah, go check that out. That's unlocked for everybody to read. I thought it was uh, very well done. I was proud to have him represent uh, sports Indians. You know, I, I felt like my voice was, uh, you know, properly reflected in that piece, which which was very nice. So uh, he, he's really, you know, gone way up there in the sports Indian power rankings. Is, are we prepared the, uh... to make him the uh, the official assistant coach of the position coach of Birds with Friends? I think I think we have to because Sanjay Lal. Uh, mm. I don't think he has an. I think he's on the Seahawks staff, but I don't think he has an actual position. And you know the Bears safeties. You know you got Eddie Jackson in there. Uh, so the, you know they're like an above average group. So yeah, I, I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> and now did uh, you guys catch the baseball draft last night? I did. I watched most of it. Really? What did, <laughs> what did I think? I like the Wake Forest uh, pitcher. He's got a he's got a nice nice left-handed changeup. Uh, I like to judge these guys, you know, very quickly based on the 30-second video and also uh, their names. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you have a specific question? The the, the baseball draft <laughs> frustrates me in so many ways um, because it it like takes away so many elements of of roster building because you can't make trades. Uh, well, yeah, but these guys yeah. are all so far away, so it's such a it's such a more more of an abstract uh, thing than any of the other drafts. But like, if if you wanted player X, okay, if it's and this is the guy you're determined to get, value doesn't even matter because like you're not drafting again for a while. Uh, so I was I was reading a lot about the Red Sox pick, which got panned. She'll, if 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 you're trying to figure out what we're talking about here, um, the Red Sox <laughs> took a guy in the first round who's who's like not even ranked in the top hundred. Um, but 
Right. They're trying this to game. Like they're their... trying to game the system to go over slot later in the draft. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that part of it is is the roster building part of it. But also, if you like take them later on, there's there's signability problems, uh, and you you can't wait until a later pick in risk of of someone else taking him. So uh, I I just wish those those picks could be traded. But I I was thinking about it when um, when you were talking about what you watched last night. I was. I was glued into that. Although I, I, I do like some of the the terms that they use. Uh, in particular, they 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 keep mentioning demographics, um, like like they're they're willing to draft someone from all demographics, which which you need to kind of like you, you hear it and you stop for a second. And you're like, what are they talking about? And they mean like a, 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 a college, a college pitcher, school. a high school bat, yeah. But but for a moment, I'm like, what does that quite mean? One of the silliest things to me is when like teams are uh, typecast as like they only like uh, col- you know they only like to take college pitchers in the first round or uh, you know they, they they this is a team that really prefers high school uh, position players. It's like it's so silly. It's, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be uh, you know siloing yourself into into one category. Take you have, you have to take everything into account. You have to you know put everybody on an, on an equal playing field. Maybe maybe this position player is better than that college pitcher but maybe not another college pitcher i don't know it's just like the team that does not take a uh, a linebacker in the first round mm-hmm. not quite i mean i know i know that marissa does the joe poznanski <laughs> podcast too so uh you know she's probably heard her fill of uh, baseball draft baseball talk <laughs> but I'm, listen i'm glad we got that whatever seven minutes in there of you guys <laughs> explaining why the baseball draft is so terrible and, and then continuing Armstrong. To talk about that, let's make sure we get that in the uh, social <laughs> clip there. I think that'll really uh, set records for our, our uh, audience. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, nudge to get back on topic, and uh, we will run through this part quickly here. Uh, I I will just go through some uh, bullet points. Let me know if you think it's, it's worth discussing. Uh, players or essential employees who test positive must be isolated. Um, and there's going to be a uh, designated medical facility in each city. Uh, the interesting thing here is I, I saw Bruce Arians, I believe it was on Chris Long's podcast, uh, say that he might have his third quarterback separated from the other two quarterbacks in case one of the quarterbacks gets uh, COVID. Oh, that's which, an interesting idea. Which, which is like the Adam Schefter, Jalen Hurts explanation. Do you remember that? Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, if they're gonna just proceed and, and they're gonna they're they're committed to doing the season, and just if a guy gets COVID, then he has to be isolated for two weeks, and everybody he's been. But then it's gonna be everyone he's been in contact with. I don't understand how this is gonna work. Like, uh, there's no one like there's no one who's gonna get it and not also probably give it to their teammates. Don't you think? So there's that contact would, tracing investigation in the, there. The, I should add. That would really be the best job in sports. Number three quarterback, <laughs> you you are not allowed in the facility. Just in case, you're on your own. <laughs> Listen, on the off chance that the two guys get uh, get COVID and we need someone to play, you come in. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, just uh, just stay at home. You know, get out there in the backyard, throw the ball around, do some stretching. We'll call you if we need you. Well, do you think if the Eagles did that, do you think they would make it Sudfeld or Hurts? Listen, that sounds like I don't know when you talk to Doug Peterson next, but please, but please, you know, lead with that question. I'm, be- I'm begging you. 
I don't know. Uh, so the uh, for Bo who who spent however many years eating in the Eagles mm. cafeteria, uh, buffets have been banned in all team dining rooms, and will be replaced by prepackaged meals. This is from Lindsey Jones. Uh, during training camp, players typically eat all their meals at the at the facility, but meals are going to be staggered so smaller groups can eat. Hmm. And I mean, then, you're missing out on a lot of good food at the Novacare Complex in that case. I'm sure. I'm favorite? sure that I'm sure the chefs will uh, will be able to figure something. Yeah, out. Yeah, I feel like they'll. It's a, it's yeah, like a, it's a good I, quick fire. It's. I, I I agree with that. I feel like they will rise to the challenge and make some uh, outstanding individually packed meals while everybody yeah. else complains about uh, what they need to do. Tim Tim Lopez knows what he's doing. Absolutely. So I I, I mentioned earlier that uh, meetings and the weight room is going to be different. Uh, groups of fewer than 15 people are allowed in the weight room. And all meetings with more than 20 people must be conducted remotely. So you think of, of the full team meetings, uh, those in essence won't be able to happen, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. so groups at 20 or more you're doing remotely, right? You said yep. so. Yeah, so. Uh, and also this really gives an out to like, I'm sure you guys have had this happen like in the locker room where like one player's like, you know, saying, oh, no, oh you're, you're not, you know, getting your lift in. Come on, let's go. And the other guy's like, nah, you know, like you really have to twist his arm to get in there. If you want to sort of, you know, skip out on a lot of that stuff, it feels like you're going to have a pretty nice uh, opportunity to do that here. Well, you know, I couldn't get in there. There were 15 people in, uh, couldn't get my lift in. And so uh, I had to sit here and look at my phone for the for an hour. And I think for the uh, for the team employees, like uh, you know, one of the one of the perks of working for the team that I never really took advantage of is you get you get to work out in the locker room. I don't think they're gonna, they're going to be allowed to be doing that anymore. How does that work though? Like, uh, I mean, the the amount of weight that they like, if you wanted to, you know, go in there and just put like a forty five on each end, and you know, do like a, a you know, get get a little chest workout, would you be able to do that, or is there, or is it just like, uh, you know, because they're, I don't know, what are they benching? You know, they're they're a lot more than that. So, well, is it hard? Is it hard to like work out there for a normal person, or is it, is it? Uh, did did any of your coworkers take advantage of it who were yeah, they you know, took not professional? I mean, you, could ju- you just you could just oh. You, you you move the weight around. I don't think it's that. Okay, but right. I mean, certainly wasn't wasn't me doing it. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then the uh, last one here before we change topics, Greg D from the equipment staff uh, is going to have his, his work cut out for him because helmets, shoulder pads, mouth guards need to be cleaned and sanitized after each use. Uh, players cannot share water bottles, um, spouts, or towels. Uh, I, I this is not in in the article, but I saw in the, in the memo that their face masks actually need to go into like a personalized bag after mm. each use. Uh, wow. So a lot of restrictions there. Yeah, yeah it sounds like that's... a good, if, if, if one of you wrote that story, I would like to read that, read that. I mean, that sounds like, uh, geez, I mean, are they staffing up on the equipment side? That sounds like a lot of work to do. Also, the water bottle thing struck me when you said that because typically you will see, you know, uh, just, right. like staff, staffers walking around just spraying water uh, into, you know, the player's mouth. Classic they, Joe you know, Appella move, yeah. As they get a second. So, if they, you know, if they can't do that, I don't know how they're going to do all this. It'll be interesting. How do you it think seems, Eagles locker it just this? seems very unfeasible to do all these things. I just, it seems too difficult. Could be. Maybe they don't follow through on all of them. That is certainly possible. Uh, so, so switching gears here, we can briefly mention the Eagles, uh, and, and we all saw this on social media. Some of the wide receivers are 
down in Texas with Carson Wentz working out. By the way, Shield, we really dropped the ball there. We had a seven-minute conversation on the MLB draft, and we didn't even bring up Zach's story about the MLB draft. Yeah, that's a bad job by you. What did you learn about Deshaun Jackson besides uh, telling everybody to read that story, Zach? I, 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 oh, I thought you were asking me. Well, no. I, I, lear- I learned a lot about uh, Deshaun Jackson, you know, what, what kind of hitter he was. I liked that the commenter jumped in there and said, what did he say? He played against Deshaun yeah. and Deshaun st- stole like eight bases and then went to a track meet, you know, he, he, right? Isn't that what he said? So uh, go ahead and read that story from, uh, from Z-Berm, a story about Deshaun Jackson as a baseball player. So I'll, I'll give a quick genesis of this is, is that uh, uh, I, was, I was trying to figure out how I can – I'm, I'm, I'm looking for different types of stories now, stuff that obviously can be done over the phone. Um, and I was trying to find a, a, a tie-in with the baseball draft. And unlike a lot of other teams, the Eagles don't have you know, that, that guy who was drafted you know, like, like what, say, Kyler Murray in the first round or – Riley Cooper at one point was uh, drafted by the Phillies. Uh, and I had always heard about Deshaun as a baseball player. I uh, didn't know much about it. Actually, in, uh, in Bo's story from the uh, Carson Wentz softball game last year, he, he, he mentioned how Deshaun once had a draftable grade. And then Deshaun was on Lane Johnson's Instagram Live three weeks ago. And Which, of course, you watched all of. Yes, and he told this story about how the Rays were going to draft him in the first round and uh, asked him to give up football, and he refused to do that. And I heard that story, and, and my attention peaked. Like, could, could that be right? And I, I started doing some digging and calling around, and it turns out that that, that adds up. Uh, like, uh, I, I, I can't speak to the Rays specifically, Although I, I did speak to people who who confirmed the, that that version of the story, um, but I spoke to a Philly scout on the record who uh, who said that top two or three rounds easy, you know, was that type of player. You look at the high school recruiting rank or or or, or the high school draft rankings. Deshaun was up there. Uh, I I found a clip from the Area Code games back in 2004 where he was one of the seven standout players from that group. And four of them were drafted in the first or second round. So, uh, yeah, and, and the type of player Deshaun was, I heard a, a lot of different comps in my reporting from, I mentioned Vince Coleman in there. Um, some comps that I heard from, in, in terms of present day was Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton one. makes sense to me, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 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 of course, Deshaun compared himself to an Upton brother. He didn't. Mm. Classify which one, or, or, or clarify which one, whether it was BJ or Justin. Um, I find but, it hard to believe that he would have had he would have had significant power. Uh, yeah, he, he, he said he did not. But it said uh, in there, yeah, he wasn't yeah. much of a hitter. Well, right, but the Uptons, the Uptons have some power. Uh, but but I mean, seeing the way, I mean, just seeing what kind of an athlete he is, it's 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 very easy to imagine him being like an elite center fielder uh just the way he tracks the ball and this the insane speed he has i was surprised in the scouting report that he uh was given like a great as an above average arm which i i feel like every time i've seen him throw a football it has been not impressive yeah the people who who knew him growing up were were raving about his arm i I was told this this one anecdote about uh he so he was a shortstop and he got moved to center field 
and like his his first year in in center field, he one hopped to throw to third base from the wall in 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 center field, which as a, as a former outfielder, I can tell you that's that's pretty hard to do. I like that. There I like go. that. You can you can tell us. <laughs> uh, so uh, all right, I, yeah, I, so, I, I took us off track. Get us back on track. <laughs> so that story is on the athletic. I appreciate you mentioning it. I enjoyed reporting that story. Uh, now, real quick, we don't need to go in, in, into much discussion on this, but the wide receivers are down, or or I, I guess we're down with Carson Wentz. Uh, it looked like uh, Jalen Rager. He's the one who who posted it on his social media. Um, J.J. Arthega-Whiteside was there. A few others were there. Uh, what do you guys make of that? I mean, it's a good thing well, that I guess they still consider J.J. Arthega-Whiteside a part of the team. Well, well. so what this this would need uh, require, so it was what, uh, Carson Wentz and Rager and Arthega-Whiteside are the three that we know were there. Is that correct? Per the, uh, per the videos? Yeah, well, uh, Quez Watkins was there. He did it, and, and uh, he spoke to John Clark about it uh, today, I believe. So uh, we know Quez was there, and mm. had to look up to see who else was My there. My boy, it would be weird we if also... he was there and John Hightower wasn't there, right? Not necessarily. I, I guess mean, it's harder to get there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So people have had to travel, right? So they're getting on planes and uh, going down there, I presume. Yes, if if I I guess if if you're within driving distance, you could you could drive. I I know a, a lot of guys are in that Texas area, but you know, for instance, uh, I was I was I was going to mention this. The, the defensive linemen were down, or, or I guess most of the the linemen were down in Texas with Fletcher Cox, uh, working out with his with his trainer Deion Hodges, and uh, and a lot of those guys aren't in that area and found a way down there. So yes, yeah, so traveling definitely required well it's uh it's certainly uh you know i think if there's one aspect of the spring practices that is actually useful it's uh it's the quarterbacks throwing to receivers specifically new receivers so uh on that note it's a good thing whether it'll matter or not i don't know i know that's right (laughs) uh so so that uh, fills up our our bird on the street portion of the show Mm, and nice. now I will I will yield the floor to Shield at this point because uh, we are going to turn to the reader questions. Oh, the reader questions. Okay, well let me uh, pull those up here in a moment. I thought we were going to. Uh, I have them in front the of me bur- if you want me to start. Oh, oh okay. all right, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the first or, one. Or do we want to do the special uh, Bo birthday treat now? No, we can finish. We can finish. There's with only the yeah. There's treat. only five. Um, okay. Uh, from Alex, he said, "Everyone's favorite sports Indian aside, there is a serious lack of diversity in the athletic staff of writers and in all of sports media. How would you address this issue? Uh, and secondarily, would love to hear the group's thoughts on the proposed additions to the Rooney Rule." Well, I can tackle the the first part there. You know, I, I think that. Certainly when the athletic first started, when the athletic Philly first started, uh, I know they took some heat for this issue and it felt to me like they, uh, you know, I don't want to say fixed it, but addressed it at least. And you saw them uh, making some diversity hires and making sure they were searching for uh, different writers. Now, I don't know if they look at it specifically at, hey, the athletic Philly uh, were lacking there. I do think they look at it more uh, on a company-wide 
level. And to be honest, it's a, it's a fair question. I don't know how we're doing uh, overall and whether we're doing good enough. And there's always room to improve. You know, Lisa Wilson, uh, our NFL editor, uh, she was on the Richard Deitch podcast and she had been previously a, uh, I think the only African-American woman uh, sports editor at like a big paper in the country. And I thought she just gave like great advice to anybody who's in a hiring position. I, I think there are people who are in positions to hire who don't know how to address this issue. And uh, I would highly suggest listening to that. I thought NFL owners should have to listen to that. I thought newspaper people should have to listen to that. But, you know, basically what she said is don't wait until you have a job opening and then you're scrambling. She's mm. like, you should always be looking and saying, hey, you know what, this person over here, um, you know, it, it might be a minority candidate. It might be a, a woman is doing a really good job. Let's, uh, you know, if there's a chance to have coffee with this person or grab lunch or get on the phone, let's do that. And that way, you know, it's almost like, you know, you hear with NFL coaches where they, they'll they say, uh, or, or even front office people, hey, we just keep a list of coaches we like, uh, you know, all the time, even when we don't have an opening. That way, when you have an opening, you're not scrambling. And all of a sudden, you know, you're just hiring somebody, you know, or somebody who's in your building or somebody nearby that you are going through the right avenues and finding diverse voices and finding the uh, right people. So uh, it's a fair question. I don't have a great answer, but I think that's probably a good start to it. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. The The podcast with Lisa was was really good. Um, yeah, I, I think I am not uh, I am not smart enough to like have or uh, none of us are smart enough to have all of the answers, but uh, which is why it's important to uh, be listening to people like Lisa who do have suggestions. And uh, I saw uh, Greg Lee, who is the uh, the D.C. editor, had, had a thread on Twitter the other day about um, how it's really important to uh, be reaching out and trying to uh, help specifically uh, black women in sports media because there are so few of them and their voices are, are so underrepresented. Um, so that's something that, that I've been thinking about. Yeah, well said. I I agree with all of it. I I, I mean, uh, it's a it's it's a it's 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 a very good question. Um, I haven't I've never been in a hiring position, uh, so it's it's hard for me to kind of lend um, first person insight there. In it, but uh, I I thought what Sheil said uh, is accurate, or I I, I guess what Lisa said there is accurate and uh no it's it's something that um uh, certainly sports media and a lot of other industries need to um be mindful of and 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 definitely address as as for the uh, Rooney rule component of it um yeah i mean i i think that it uh it's i i don't think that coaches that position coaches should be allowed to be blocked from career progression uh and i i think that Owners or, or people in hiring positions, so uh, general managers too, I think they need to um, be more thoughtful as far as, as who they are looking for to hire. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is uh, not focus on kind of a, a certain type. So the quarterback coach, although we certainly need to see uh, – more people of color in quarterback coaching and offensive coordinator roles. Uh, that's that's definitely applicable. But uh, when Shield does his his guidelines for 
looking for a head coach. Think about that. Think of people who are who are good leaders, who can who can command the room, who can be empathetic, who who, who can connect with players. Um, and it, it it doesn't necessarily need to be someone who brings that that quarterback background per se, uh, because I I think that's something that has has kind of been in in vogue throughout time, but especially recently. I th- I think that's one area that uh, that needs to be looked at, and and then overall, I, you know, I I don't want to say that that um, you shouldn't hire someone who you know because you know, for instance, Kyle Shanahan is an outstanding head coach in my opinion, um, and it shouldn't be held against him that his father was an NFL coach. He 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 had opportunities, uh, obviously, but um, but. He, you know, he on his own merit, he can be hired. But I, I do think you need to expand where you look, how you look. Don't just look in the network that you already have. Um, you know, be really thoughtful in in terms of finding the best coaches at at different levels. Uh, so there can be Rooney Rule changes, but I think more philosophical changes are the are the way to rectify this problem. Well, and yeah, I will I, say too. I was going to say, just, like, if, if you just think about, like, the uh, just like on a very granular level, like the 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 biases that the teams have. I know it's it's probably unfair to make a like a direct one to one comparison, but I think uh, I've used this before. But like the think about the way that uh, things have gone over the last couple of years for for Freddie Kitchens and Eric Bieniemy, because uh, like running backs coach is. One of the one of the few positions where the overwhelming majority of people who hold that position in the league are are African American, and uh, it's I mean it's like a it's a it's a, a vast majority. And Freddie Kitchens, like one of the very few white guys, uh, gets elevated to offensive coordinator when they fire the head coach as uh, you know the interim, and then snowballs that into a head coaching job. Whereas Eric Bieniemy, who comes from that background as a running backs coach and is the offensive coordinator under Andy Reid, a position that has like time and time and time and time and time again led to a head coaching job and often to uh, you know a, a pretty good amount of success, is still trying to like beg and claw for a, an opportunity of his own to the point where people are suggesting that he needs to go take you know a college job to prove that he can be a head coach first. And uh, it's that's not to say that like. You know the Browns should have hired Eric Bieniemy or, or whatever, but uh, just to think about the way that those two guys are viewed and and how much more difficult it is, how much more Eric Bieniemy has to prove himself at every at every turn than a guy like Freddie Kitchens did is just uh, you know it's illuminating as to the way that these how much more difficult it is for them within the structure of the league as at, at present. Yeah, I mean, we saw Doug, Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy had not done more than Eric Bieniemy. Right. <laughs> you know, like they were in the same spot. They get a job. He doesn't get a job. And, you know, this kind of goes back to the Vic Fangio uh, original quote that, Bo, you had in your uh, column last week where he said it's a meritocracy. Like, I think the biggest thing that probably changed for me from being a fan to covering the league is realizing that these are not the best and the brightest. I mean, that's not like I'm not ripping them. I'm not saying there aren't people who are aren't good at their jobs, but like you talk to uh, people in these positions, whether it's coaching or GM or front office, and like yeah, sometimes you come away and you you're wowed and you say, wow, this person's done a great job. A lot of times you come away saying, how did this person <laughs> like rise 
to this level. I mean, there's not a there there really is not a great process. You you know, I've heard from people who have said that owners or people in position to hire, like all these lists you see, whether it's on ESPN.com or NFL.com, you know, 10, 10 uh, future GMs or 10 candidates to keep an eye on. Like they're going to these lists. Like this is part of their process is to go to that. So, uh, you know, to act like it's, you know, it's a non-issue and they're just hiring the best people. Well, they're not hiring the best people. I mean, we see that year in and year out. And so this is actually uh, a situation where you can give your organization an edge uh, if you're willing to do that. And then just the last thing on Kyle Shannon, I think somebody pointed out, uh, you know, that uh, you're yeah obviously he got his break uh his dad's a head coach uh he worked his way up but he it does feel like uh, i can't remember who said this on twitter that he's you know paid it forward a little bit where you know he's he has a woman to his coaching staff he's got uh an arab american as his defensive coordinator i think the only one uh you know in the nfl and so he's sort of been a champion for these different ways to hire. So, you know, I think there's something to be uh, said for that as well. My last comment on this, can you name the last Eagles offensive coordinator uh, who, was a, who was a person of color? Offensive coordinator? Yes, yes, I'm sorry, offensive coordinator. I can't. Wow. To save us time, I can tell you you can't because I, I, I don't believe oh. um, they, they have had one. So, uh, wow. you know, the Eagles, I believe, are 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 – are are part of this you know they should they should be in this you know uh, and um yeah so I, I i would just point that out as well. well well i think the thing that that shield just said about shanahan is is important because it is not just um it it is it is on everybody at every level to help uh be trying to change this so it's not just you know who's hiring the head coaches but it's who the head coaches are hiring and who they're helping to groom so uh, i think that is an important thing to point out we need to run through these quickly because we, uh, we do have a hard out today. <laughs> Shield's favorite thing, a hard out. Um, well, quickly, I will skip to the next one because it also um, is on this topic, and it's about our last episode. And uh, uh, our listener, Joseph, is uh, fairly calling us to task. He says, uh, we, went, we ran, ran through all those beat writers who we were, you know, ha- we had the, uh, the MacGruber uh, thing and a couple other things, and none of us at any point chose... Uh, a minority or a woman. Um, and he says, uh, it's easy to say the racial issues in our country are the fault of someone else. If you're on the left, it's Donald Trump. On the right, Al Sharpton. It's much harder for us as individuals to think through our choices on a day-to-day basis. Uh, to be inclusive, seems like seems like there must have been at least one female Philly, Philadelphia beat writer worth being part of that team. Uh, uh, I don't think that that's, a, I, don't, I don't think that that's accurate. Uh, I think that, uh, well, I was focused on beat writers. Yes, now, I think that is that, the, that is the disconnect because uh, he mentions and, he mentions Jamie Pody and there and there are other uh, uh, women who cover the team for TV. I think we were all too siloed on um, on writers, but but I don't know, maybe maybe well, we and have also that. yeah, I was only including writers, and I mentioned EJ. That's true. Mm-hmm. And Zach did not just focus on writers, and he mentioned Derek Gunn. Oh, so there you go. So uh, I, I don't think that that's uh, accurate. I mean, if you look at the pool we're choosing from, um, right. you know, that's more that's really more of the issue. But in terms of the pool we're choosing from, we actually did uh, choose other. So but thank you for uh, <laughs> checking, che- checking in and bringing it to our attention. It, yeah. it, it, uh, his his, his question is actually what can we do to advance the uh, careers of underrepresented minorities and women? But I think we, we did talk about that. We discussed so. that. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, next question. Uh, I only listen for when you guys don't talk about football. This is from Ben. I want to know what's your favorite everyday moment you share with your kids and what makes it special? I had an, uh, ed- ed- an editor's note on this that, Ben, I mean, 1% uh, battery on your phone right. when he screen grabbed this and, and sent in his donation. Uh, I can start one, you know, a fun part of my uh, day every day is that uh, Leela asks for kicks the cereal mm. and so she asked asked me for kicks and i say i'm not gonna kick you and she <laughs> says no i want to have kicks and i say i'm not kicking you that's mean i would i would never do anything like that to you and so it goes on uh she starts laughing and then she goes to the cabinet pulls out the uh, box of kicks and says you know oh, daddy i meant i want to eat kick cereal uh both my children love those uh jokes like th- there's this book i think it's called what pet should we get and so they would say, you know, I would say, well, what book do you want to read? And they would say, what pet should we get? And I would say, I don't know. I don't know what pet we're getting, but just tell me what book you want to read. And that would go back and forth. So uh, that is a fun sort of daily uh, running joke here. And then I guess uh, 1B would be anytime I get their attention, uh, like if I'm leaving the room or walking away or something, I say their name. Uh, I shake my butt really quickly, and it gets a it, it gets a laugh every single time. So if you're a parent out there struggling to connect with your children, or you know don't have a lot of great material, maybe like me, uh, that's a go-to. Where if they're, I guess my kids are both uh, under eight years old. You know, if they're in that sort of three to eight year old range, that's going to work pretty much every time. Yeah, my uh, personal favorite is is when I I walk into the house and they come running at me. Um, I, that, that, mm. uh, I really enjoy that, but I, 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 I would say, um, and, and my daughter's not talking yet, but, uh, for my son, getting him up in the morning when I get him out of bed, uh, I look forward to that. And then I, I tell him a story before bed each night. And so I look forward to that as well. The, like uh, you read a story or you tell him a story? No, oh, I, you, you, I, this, this I was uh, illuminated on yeah. the, uh, the draft night. Go ahead. Yeah, so I I read them a story earlier, but when but my son goes to bed a little later than my daughter, and I I tell him a story based on whatever is happening either that day or the or the next day, and it involves his his characters, like it, we call them his friends. So whatever these, ah. these these stuffed animals are. So if if uh, and every if he's story going is written to... very precisely in uh, like newspaper format, the funnel, you know, the, <laughs> the funnel, who, what, when, why. <laughs> no, but like if if we are um, having if, if if we're singing Happy Birthday the next day, then it's it's about uh, the time when Paw Patrol had their birthday or something like that. So mm. oh, very nice. Okay, the, the two uh, good running jokes we have in the house right now are um, Casey will ask me what do ducks eat. And I say quackers, and then we, we go back and forth on uh, not crackers, quackers, uh, which he likes. And then the other one is it was as we're going through the alphabet, uh, he he likes that uh, when we t- when we say U starts with W, that doesn't make any sense. I starts with E, that doesn't make any sense. He likes to do the uh, that that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then I, uh, the bedtime bedtime uh, reading books before bed is is always a fun moment in our house. Gettleman still going strong? Yeah, but we're not spending he's not spending as much time down here with, with little Dave. But mm, anytime okay. he anytime he does, he says hi to Dave. <laughs> I love that. All right. Okay. What else uh, we got? Two more. Travis wants to know is it possible Doug Peterson is underrated? The two thousand seventeen injuries, the roster constraints, and some of the locker room turmoil 
would have sank other coaches. Hard to pick many other coaches who could have done more in those scenarios. I would agree with that. I think yeah, it's I think probably he's, not he's thought probably of in rated. the top. Yeah, I would say uh, properly rated to slightly underrated, I would say. Yeah, probably should have won Coach of the Year in 2017. Um, has has done a very good job these past two Decembers. Uh, also, you got to acknowledge, though, that, that they were 9-7, and 9-7 and seven both years. Um, so, uh, you know, but I think we uh, give him uh, due credit. You know, he's, 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 he's a good coach who does an outstanding job rallying his guys when they're kind of against the wall, so to speak. I think he's underrated in the sense that, like, I, I, I don't think the national conversation is this guy is definitely a top-five coach, and I think he probably is a top-five coach, like, solidly. Mm. Top. I'm trying to think if there's five. Uh, so, so, all right. Would you take him over any of these guys? Belichick. No. Re- Reed. No. Uh, Harbaugh. Probably not, but maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think of who am I. I think that's the uh, top three. I would take him over Tomlin. Really. What 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 has Mike Tomlin done over the past three years that makes you want to take so, him over Doug Peterson? Mike, Mike Tomlin, they, they've never finished with. They have not finished with a losing okay. record while he's been yeah. the coach. He coached last year with Mason Rudolph <laughs> and Duck Hodges. I like I like <laughs> Mike Tomlin, but but I'm taking Doug. It's kind of he's Tomlin is a little bit of the opposite. Like you know, Tomlin is not like the progressive, um, you know, like offensive mind. Although I feel like they kind of get a bad rap there because they throw the ball all over the field That's when true. they're uh, when they're healthy. But he's like very conservative on fourth down. But in terms of just sort of you know keeping everyone together, and you know, I think we saw once Antonio Brown went elsewhere. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you, you know, so I, I yeah, he's good. He's good he's with. A, with difficult personalities that's true yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more of the I, I'm taking an offensive guy that's really my my bias okay I would say he's definitely top uh, top 10 yeah. and uh, I I haven't gone through all the other okay. coaches Sean Payton you would you take him over Sean Payton I, no. uh, I guess not I don't you, know. you can't really yeah I can't uh, okay so maybe uh, maybe saying definite top five is more controversial than I thought. Uh, he, he's no, he could still be in there. I don't see anybody else here that's sticking out to me actually, in the conversation. Uh, you would take him over Bruce Arians, right? Yeah, yeah well, of course. Or what about what about what about oh, Kyle Shanahan, Pete Carroll? Yeah, I would take him over both of those guys, but but I really, think make the case. okay, all right, yeah. So he's he's we'll say he's in the conversation for of like the yeah. top seven or eight. He, yeah, okay. he's somewhere between four and eight, I would say. Right, uh, and then the last question that. is from Killacow. Uh, not a question. We'd love to hear you pronounce the sparkling water brand uh, properly next up. Now, he's he wants me to say LaCroix. I will say LaCroix because he donated, but uh, I, I will take issue with the properly. So he wants us to say it the wrong way, basically. Basically, All right. yes. LaCroix. Yeah. Okay. okay. There it is. All right. All right. Take All it right. away. Birthday time. Now, you know, luckily I was contacted by some members of the 
uh, wolf family oh, no. today <laughs> who knew that there was a uh, there was a podcast Uh-oh. coming today uh, really they you know the rest of the wolf family I would say much better at planning podcast segments than uh, the birthday no boy here today uh, we know that's right um, so uh, we just have a couple quick ones here you know uh, now they thought that these would be embarrassing I sort of feel like you're gonna lean into them and that maybe our listeners will actually like you more uh, after these but you know they can tell us uh, yes or no, and you can give us the backstory on why these are topics. So okay. let's start with the first one. Uh, can you do a turkeys to the kingdom? You know I would never you know be playing along sure. with these games unless it was your birthday and it came from your family. On your favorite medieval times nights. Oh, that's good. Now, now, now I've never done a medieval times. I know Coach Flynn is a huge fan. I think you two have talked about it before. Uh, so can you give us the backstory? You're just like a super fan of medieval times. Love medieval times. Uh, several, several birthdays at medieval times. So it's a good birthday question. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, although I guess maybe, maybe two. Um, one, at one, I like medieval times so much that at one point uh, we were taking Early on in my relationship with Rachel, and maybe not super early on, we took Rachel to medieval times with the family for the first time, and uh, my mom thought that I was going to propose. <laughs> so I was like, "You think I'm going to do that without telling you that? <laughs> and you think I'm going to do it at medieval times? Give me a little bit of credit." Uh, that is a that is a very telling anecdote. It's also much like it was also times. like years before I proposed. Um, <laughs> it was not the right time, uh, but. Um, uh, this is easy for me because I am all about. I'm throwing all my turkeys. I'm going all a hundred turkeys onto the red and yellow night. So there you go. So what is this? You go to this thing and what you eat there, and they put on a play or something. How, what? How does this they put work? on a play? Is so demeaning. I don't know. It's, I'm it's, asking yeah, Zach. Are you familiar with this world? I don't know. I saw the Cable Guy. Uh, that's that's what mm. I know about medieval times. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's like a, it's like a, you know, jousting games, uh, ma- ma- okay. really majestic horses, um, and yeah, and the food, real the horses, food is good. real horses. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. All right, so it's like a, it's like a dinner theater sort of thing. But, Correct. Uh, okay. All right. There's, All right. there's one right by the Giant Stadium. That's right. Yes, that's the one I've been to. Yeah, I've seen them around. I have. Uh, I've never. I've done also it been again. to the one in Maryland. That's the only other one I've been to. Okay. Uh, man, that would have been something. You drive to Maryland for medieval times and propose. That really, I, I, <laughs> that I, I think you one. missed an. I think you missed an opportunity there. Uh, all right. Uh, now this is another one. Uh, would Pecker you rather never watch wrestling again, mm. o- old and new, or pay twenty dollars every time you miss a full episode of Raw or SmackDown? Are you are you still a huge mm. wrestling fan? This ne- this has never come up on the podcast in three years. Uh, I am not, but I still like sort of pay attention peripherally to what's going on. But but I like to you know I'll watch a, I'll watch a WrestleMania or a, or a Royal Rumble. Uh, this has come up because I went to the Royal Rumble right before the Super Bowl when it was in Philly. Um, I would I would much rather never watch again. I think that's I think I've been paying twenty dollars every time I miss an episode. That's uh, that's way too spicy. Wait a uh, minute yeah, now, I'd like, though, to, I'd like to go you, back and watch a rumble every now and then. Sure. You, you've got a little guy at home. I oh, mean, yeah. that's, you know, my uh, the girls are not into into this, but, you know, some of my friends with little boys and, you know, I'm sure there are some with little girls, too. Like this is uh, this is like the number one 
uh, hobby. Like this, this the wrestling is is a huge deal for them. So well, you this would is be contentious to give because that up. Uh, because Rachel is very much like we will not we will not be letting Casey watch wrestling. And uh, oh, okay. So, so there you go. But uh, I think I'm sure I will lose that battle. But uh, also, like if we're if we're being honest, like the. Uh, the politics of the WWE are just truly disgusting. So I think I, I think it's I think it's fair for me to finally jump ship. Well, maybe they'll you know we just saw NASCAR. Who knows? The, we have talked about think. this before, Shil. We talked about it when the when the WWE champion was a uh, Canadian Indian. Oh, okay. Well, listen. I, if you expect me to remember anything we've ever talked about on the show, uh, you definitely don't know me that well here. So okay. No, right. I wish we uh, focused less on 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 the return to. Football protocols, because this is this is more interesting. <laughs> All right, and the third one, uh, Zach, you're you're going to be involved in this bad boy. We're going to do a little okay. game. Uh, this is from uh, Bo's brother. You know, had a great. I, I hope that this was uh, on the record. I don't know. I I don't feel like I'm betraying any trust. But he said, <laughs> he said, I feel like there might be crossover between Bo's love of early two thousands wake basketball. And mm. Zach, probably knowing a lot about Duke, he said, Zach, Zach has to be a Ooh. Coach K guy, right? Uh, I, I don't know yeah. if that's true or not. I feel like you probably would be. No, I'm not a Coach K guy. Oh, you're not? Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Never right. liked I, – I, I had a strong dislike for Duke. Oh, you left un- Michigan, I forgot. Yeah, uh, okay. un- un- until um, a, a, a guy I went to high school with went to play at Duke, and so I I, I followed them then. But I, I, Lee I was Duke guy. Yeah, Lee Malchione. Mm. Okay, but we know your uh, your knowledge of sure. all things sports trivia is really yeah, ACC. I can uh, I'm I'm confident in this game. Uh, okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We are going to uh, you guys can tell me. I'll give you two options. Basically, we are focusing on the 2005 NBA draft. We're okay. focusing on ACC players. We can do this one of two ways. Okay. Uh, you know what? Actually, no. I'm not gonna give you the option because I want both of you involved. So. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back and forth. You got to name an ACC player who was drafted in the 2005 NBA uh, draft. Now, if one of you, uh, if one of you gets more than the other as we go back and forth, seesaw style, then that person wins. If you know it's sort of even and one person misses, then it's like the other person has to knock them out. Don't worry about that. I'll explain those rules as we get to them. Okay. Basically, we just have to start. Uh, you know, Bo, you're the birthday boy. Get us started. Okay. Uh, there are there are nine of nine of these by the in way. In the in the draft at any point or first round? Yeah, I mean it's okay. a two round draft. Okay. Uh, most were first round drafts, but if you get a second rounder, that's fine. Okay. And, and this is 05, so this is 05. Okay. Okay. Two thousand five. I was gonna say it's this player's draft, but that would give away the answer. So. Uh, Chris Paul. Good catch. Chris Paul is correct. Zach. Uh, Marvin Williams, right before Chris Paul. Marvin Williams is correct. Back to Bo. We're off to a hot start. Uh, Rashad McCants. Rashad McCants is correct. Rashad Okay. Z Berm on you. Yeah, this was the Carolina team that that was just that was loaded. They won the title. Um, They won the title. So Sean May. Sean May is correct. It is two and two. We have one, two, three, four, five players left Bo you are up if you do not get it and Zach gets it Zach is the winner on your birthday that would be quite a shame Raymond Felton Raymond not even hesitating Ray Felton it's correct was taken in between Chris Paul and Sean May four players left to choose from Z-Berm 
Can so you match Car him? Yeah, the last Carolina guys were shot in McCants. I already said McCants. Already said. Crossed out on my oh, list. Uh, I wait. will not count that as a loss. The, here are the players who have been named. There have been five players named. Uh, Bo started this, so he's gotten three. You've gotten two. Marvin Williams, Chris Paul, Raymond Felton, Sean May, Rashad McCants. There are four players remaining in this draft. Oh, man. Okay. Um, there is, let's see. I got one, two. I used up my Carolina guys. Yeah. I got two in the second round, and I think we got one... Uh, two in the first round. So two first rounders, two second rounders. You're not missing. You got all the obvious ones. Yeah. Uh, there's no one in the uh, top uh, 19. Your boy, uh, Hakeem Warwick from Syracuse, was the 19th overall pick, and all the remaining ACC players were taken after him. So uh, I'm just – I don't know if it was this draft, but it was definitely this era because Chris Paul hit him in the fan with Jules. Uh, Julius Hodge. Julius Hodge is correct. Mm. Zeeburn pulling out. Julius Hodge. Wow, look at this ACC basketball knowledge here. We have six of the nine players have been named. It comes down to the final three. One first-round pick, two second-round picks. Bo Wolf on his 23rd birthday. Can he name? Uh. One of the final three players. Now, when did you graduate, Bo? No, this was my so this was my freshman year. Uh, fr this was okay, the, oh, you, oh, you're into it then, you know? You're yeah, on this campus. Is, well, this was the best team of my. This was what it was all about. Uh, there you go. These, okay. were, these games were fantastic, and I I think I have the last first rounder. I I think he left this year, um, and that is Sheldon Williams. Sheldon Williams is. In oh, no. it is up to Z Berm. If Z Berm does not get it, then we will just continue. So get other uh, get okay. other guesses I have some ready. Other guesses. Okay, so it's a, it's on you, Z Berm. If you get it here, you knock him out. I feel like you're on quite a streak with the games. Uh, it would be it would be very impressive. But here we go. So I I, I just got to stick with Duke. Um, because I can't think of any of the other teams then. Um, this was so this was the year before JJ's class, so not JJ. Um, By the way, Sheldon Williams was in the 2006. Yeah, yeah that was JJ's Justin. class. Okay. So I'm trying to think who else was on that team in the class before. Uh, I'm going Daniel I, Ewing. Ooh. Daniel Ewing is correct. Wow. Wow. Daniel Ewing, you sicko! What the hell? What is the matter That's with you? That's pretty good. He got drafted. Oh my gosh! But but he wasn't in the first round, right? Uh, he was not. Yeah. Daniel Ewing yeah. was a uh, was the second pick in the second round. Bo. So who else fun? was in the first round? I think I have. You I, wanna, I, I have one more guess. Who, who you got? Uh, now this is the guy. I don't. I I think he left this year. But of all the guys who came through the Joel this year. He was the, the most impressive player uh, that we saw, and that was Jarrett Jack. That is correct. Mm. Jarrett Jack oh, is yeah. the final first-round pick. You were so close. Mm. Sheldon Williams over Jarrett Jack will live forever. And then there was one last one, uh, a second-rounder. Any guesses is before it, we is, sign off? Is it the Maryland guard? No, mm. it is not. 
Uh, it is a Florida State Seminole. Ooh. Who was on those Florida State teams? Great name. I can't remember. All right, we got to end it because we have a hard out. It yeah. was Von Wafer. Ah, Von Wafer, okay. of course. Yeah, there Von you go. Wafer. Wow. All right. Zach coming into my kitchen and taking my cookies. <laughs> I got to say, it felt pretty good to be the host there. I think I will host every game going forward, <laughs> and you two can compete because clearly Feel free I to host every show Bo doesn't host. <laughs> so <laughs> I have no interest in participating in the games, but I felt uh, that was that exciting. You, that you will be forced to participate in the games. I know that's uh, wrong. But I, I wanted to say before uh, before we go, since we've got a few minutes before the hard out, and I should have said this in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I wanna. I think we should. I think we should take a second to uh, to thank and 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 lament the uh, the loss of some of our our athletic colleagues uh, from last week, specifically the ones who who we have worked with. Um, and so I just wanted to say a, a shout out to uh, to Mike O'Connor, who I think any any listeners of ours who follow the Sixers. Uh, Noah's fantastic and uh, I think really teaches uh, the game of basketball through the way that he writes in an interesting way. Uh, uh, Wesley Case, who was one of our editors, who our listeners would not know, and uh, that's a good thing because he made all of our, uh, our writing better. Um, the, the scout story uh, that, I, that I had a few months ago, uh, Wes was, was uh, all over that bad boy, which was a, which was a long one, so he, you know that he, he really put in the time. Uh, and then also uh, Adam Gracia, who was our my producer for Everybody Hits, uh, which uh, for the like you know twelve of you who listen, we're uh, we're going to be taking a little hiatus on that bad boy. So um, just wanted to to give those guys a shout out. Should have done that at the top, but yeah, well said. I was wondering, uh, you know, I didn't know where we were going to uh, fit that in, but uh, absolutely, it was a uh, I know this is a weird transition, but certainly it was a uh, tough day, tough week. Uh, last week for uh, us at the company and I you know I remember uh, early on in my athletic days I would do a little bit of editing and I remember editing one of Mike O'Connor's pieces and thinking like you know I don't know how old he is he was definitely the youngest member uh, on staff and I'm like how is he able to not only analyze explain the X's and O's uh, you know there are people who can do that but not people it's very tough to do that and also be able to write uh, explain it. Uh, you know, it, it was a very easy edit. I remember, and I remember texting like, uh, you know, Pistol Pete, and saying like, you know, this is kind of unfair that he's able to do this at uh, at this age. So, um, you know, certainly he will he will land on his feet, and he's got uh, great years ahead to come. And like you mentioned, Wes is somebody that probably not a lot of people uh, know about. Um, but certainly joined us and worked with Pete as an editor and uh, did a great job. Very positive guy, always, you know, uh, letting everyone know that they did a good job, uh, you know, really encouraging demeanor. So anybody out there looking for it, he's very versatile. He can do, you know, I, I would certainly say he's not limited to sports. He worked at the Baltimore Sun before. So um, certainly uh, if anybody's listening in positions of uh, – power to hire let us know we can put you in touch with them but also uh just uh just thank you to both of them well said i agree all right zach okay. tell them tell the people how you no, feel i mean I, I i i could go on about it but i i know we're facing a hard out here so i echo what was said there. i just want you to tell the people you love them <laughs> i appreciate everyone listening and we I, I, I like you very much for listening. <laughs> Do it as a birthday present. Tell him you love him. We're not at that stage of the relationship yet. Where we're doing that, right? 
All right. I'll, I'll let you close it, Bo. All right, well. It's your birthday. Uh, for Zach and Shiel, uh, thanks for listening. And as always, happy birthday. And I love you. Birds with friends.